So Ian wants to know, how do you deal with uneven partnerships? Hey there, everyone. It's uh, David Barnett from davidcbarnett.com, the blog site, YouTube channel, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud podcast, where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses. What does Ian mean by an uneven partnership? Well, what I'm guessing is that he's talking about if, if two or more people come together to create a business and they're not all bringing the same things to the table. So let's imagine, for example, a very simple business where some people are going to come together, uh, partners or shareholders, depending on how they're going to structure the business, and some of them are bringing money, and one of them is an experienced construction manager, okay, project manager for building houses. And let's say the plan is to buy a piece of land, build a house, and sell it, and then wind it all up. Okay, so how would these people structure their partnership or their their shareholdings of a corporation, given that only two of them are bringing money to the table and one of them is contributing something else? Let's say his labor. Okay, basically, here's what you have to do: you have to draw out an org chart and you have to figure out what hats everyone is wearing at what level. Okay, and you have to quantify the value of what everyone's bringing to the table. So let me give you an example. Let's say that you decide it's going to be a corporation, you're going to have shares. So one person's putting in cash, $25,000, and what you can say is that that person's going to get 25,000 shares. And then another person, maybe, who owns a truck and trailer, says that he's willing to donate the truck and trailer to help offset some of the costs of building the house. And let's say that you guys figure out that if you were to rent such a vehicle, that you would end up paying $1,000 over the course of the construction of the house. So much smaller than the, the first contribution of cash, but what we do is we, we quantify it. We say, okay, you're going to let us use your truck and trailer, so we're going to give you 1,000 shares because the truck and trailer, we believe, is worth $1,000. And then you look at the person who's contributing labor. If that person is going to work without a paycheck, if they're just going to donate their time and effort to build that house, and they would normally earn, say, $10,000 if they were hired by someone else, then we can give them 10,000 shares. And now we've used the share structure of the business to give everyone a fraction of the business based on what they're contributing. So let's say, though, that the guy who's doing the construction management can't afford to live for two months or however long it takes to build the house without having some money. So let's say he needs to draw a salary. Well, that's easy. If he's contributing, you know, if he's doing $10,000 worth of work, but he's only going to draw, say, 5000 worth of pay, then we can give him 5,000 shares. So he's getting compensated for what he's putting into the business based on, you know, either taking money out of the business as, as wages or contributing, over-contributing labor for the wages that he's taking out. So we compensate that over-contribution with some of the shares. So it requires a great deal of discipline because the different people have to know what hat they're wearing at any given time. So the three investors, the person who put in the cash, the person who donated the truck, and the, the person who is contributing the project management labor, they're all at the director's table or the shareholders or ownership table, right? But day to day on the site, it's the construction manager who is running things. He's the manager of this business, and he's the one with the authority to direct people and to make decisions and tell the roofer to do this or that or what have you, okay? Once they have sold the house, now they, they agreed in advance that this is all the business was going to do, build a house and sell it, they have to pay all of their expenses 
including any outstanding payroll that they owe to the construction manager for his, his work on site. And then if they have a profit left over, they divide up that profit based on the shares that were issued. So if the person who contributed the cash has 80% of the shares, let's say, then he's going to get 80% of that final profit after tax and all that. Now, this was a very simple illustration, but if you had an ongoing business, like a, like a store, for example, that was kept going year after year, what you would have to do is initially when you started things off is you'd have to quantify what people were putting into the business and then you would have to divide up the dividends every year as the business made a profit. And here's where things can get tricky and it's why you have to really be mature and sophisticated you know, amongst the partners about understanding this whole scenario because let's say the business is a new business and it's not making money right away and the person whose job it is to manage the business Maybe they left a job that pays 40 grand where they were a retail store manager and the business can't afford to pay them that full amount. Maybe it can only afford to pay them 20 grand. The partners are going to have to make a decision. Are we going to have the extra 20 grand that we owe this guy as a payable, meaning are we going to pay it to him in the future when the business has more money? Or are we going to compensate him for that labor in the first year, that extra 20,000 of labor by giving him more shares? And this is where, you know, people who think about ownership in a company in, in the, with respect to percentages get fouled up because they, they think I'm putting money in and I'm going to own 30% of the company. And, you know, big public companies, it doesn't work that way. They issue new shares constantly. And what issuing new shares means is that the other shareholders, if they don't keep buying more of the new shares, they get diluted. Their ownership position actually shrinks. So in the retail store example, let's say that there was $100,000 of contribution initially. So there were 100,000 shares issued, which is completely arbitrary. You could decide that the shares are worth a penny each and have a million shares, okay? So, but they decided that they're going to issue them at a dollar each. Those are, so there's 100,000 shares representing $100,000 of investment from the different people. After the first year, it's become obvious that the company can't afford to pay the manager his full salary. They can only give him half. So they give him another 20,000 shares. Now there are 120,000 shares outstanding. So if you owned 40% of the company in the beginning, you now own a third of the company, 40,000 out of 120, after the first year because the manager was given more shares. Okay, so that's how you deal with uneven partnerships. You have to actually put a price on what the different people are putting in, and you have to figure out if the if people are going to be putting in labor over the course of time, let's say a year or two, to help build up this business, how are they going to be recognized and what, what points will they be issued further equity in the business? Equity means shares. Um, when will they get those shares? Do they have to reach certain milestones? So for example, if you were going to you know, build a, a campground and one of the partners was going to use his bulldozer to build those roads, you could actually have an agreement that said, you know, we believe building the roads is worth X and we're going to give you the shares when your job is done. If the job doesn't get done, you don't get the shares kind of thing. Anyway, Ian, I hope that answers your question. It was a great question. And for any of you guys out there who are curious to know how exactly um, one would present 
uh, a business plan to a banker that involved multiple people contributing multiple things, then you should be checking out my financial forecasting and business plan writing program. It's all about building cash flows from scratch and turning them ultimately into business plans. And you can find that over at bizplanschool.com. And if you haven't already, sign up for my email list. I send out an email digest every week with a new video, and I send out emails almost every day, depending on which topics that you pick out, with stories, thoughts, ideas, and comments about things going on. With that, we'll see you later. I'll talk to you next week. Cheers.